Welcome back to another week of Blossom Down. I'm your host, Steve Weed, and my main man joining me in Pittsburgh, as always, Mr. Wally Lukashensky. Wally, how you feeling tonight, my man? Wow, the Raiders beat the Browns in Cleveland. What a day this is. Get to celebrate in front of some friends. It's a good time. I'm not going to lie to you, Steven. They're 4-3. and three. We're right back in this. Let's have a great show. And the Packers got absolutely demolished yeah. on the ground. We're unfortunately going to get to that later as well as Tua's first start. The Steelers, potentially the favorite to come out of the AFC North and, and the AFC in general. And Tampa Bay barely squeaking away from the New York football giants. But first, before we get into it, got to have a little bit of the hair of the dog. Got to get through these shit games to get us through the, the big boy stuff here. So Thursday night, the Falcons getting a win in Charlotte, North Carolina against the Carolina Panthers. Wally, come on. It's a boring NFC South game. What do you got for me on this one? Well, it's like we've been saying, yeah, we picked the Falcons or the Panthers to win this game before, but the Falcons are a team that is heavily talented. It's just they haven't been able to put together a full 60 minutes almost this entire season, and it felt like they were going to blow another lead again when Young Young Hoku, or however you pronounce the name, missed an extra point. And kept the game an eight-point game. It felt like a destiny that the Falcons were going to find another way to lose a game. But credit to them. They, they finished it out and they got a win. And otherwise, yeah, Carolina is not as good as we thought they were. This is kind of just a game. It's At this point, it's meaningless to us. Neither team, I think, is going to make a run in anything. So, I mean, really not much to add there, Stephen, unless you have something. I mean, Curtis Samuel, Ohio State stud two touchdowns but otherwise yeah very boring game that carolina offense cannot be more excited to have christian mccaffrey back you know mike davis has been very nice in that backfield curtis samuel is coming alive so to have all three of them playing together more than what set the seven or eight quarters that they've only played together it's going to be interesting and plus i need christian mccaffrey back on my fantasy team very desperately absolutely and then let's just jump real quick over now to another game that was a couple boring teams that we really, yeah, maybe their records look halfway decent, but we don't exactly have entirely high expectations for. In Indianapolis, beating the Detroit Lions 41-21. to The Lions have a little bit of an easy schedule here. This felt like a game that if they could steal this, they could poise themselves to get into the wild card picture. They still can. They still can. Schedule's not too hard here. I mean, if anything, you have you can argue the Colts are now poison themselves in the AFC, a very competitive wild card race, to potentially sneak in as a six or a seven, or even, who knows, the way the Titans are playing, you steal a game or two against the Titans, could the Colts end up being the AFC South favorite? Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm going to start here with Detroit. Detroit gave this game away. I was actually watching this game on Sunday, had my boy Brock Chamberlain over, so I had to put the lines on for him. Detroit, classic. They're up or they were down most of the game, but they started making that steady comeback. And then Matt Stafford throws a pick six, which you don't really see too often, but Matt Stafford throwing the pick six really put the nail in the coffin in this game. But Indianapolis, they are they are the most quiet five and two team that no one's really talking about that much in the NFL. You know, they got smoked by the Browns. They haven't really played anyone. They should have lost to the Bengals. They should they should have lost to the Bengals. Their defense is highly ranked, but who have they really played that ha- that's such an offensive powerhouse? And then when you throw a Browns team in there, in there, that just absolutely demolished them. No one really thinks twice about them. But the Colts, they're a very interesting, interesting team. I think, like you said, their schedule here—they got the Ravens, Titans, Packers, and Titans. Their next four games, so that's really that's going to be a real tough tr- stretch here. So that is really what's going to determine if this team could potentially win win that really shit conference or just sneak into the wild card. But you know who who I don't think is going to have to worry about sneaking to the wild card spot are these uh, Kansas City Chiefs who look, unfortunately, like they're back to their old selves routing the Jets, but anyone could put up 35 against the Jets. Let's be realistic. Wally, how the hell is Adam Gase still coaching this team? And are your rival Chiefs back on that pace that we all are very scared to see them go on? Uh, well, first of all, I am stunned that Adam Gase is still the coach, but hearing what's coming from the New York Jets right now, their GM, Joe Douglas, this week actually said that he thinks that Gase is going to be a part of the solution, which is amazing to me. I have no idea what solution that might be. If the, if the solution is to get Trevor Lawrence, well, then, yeah, maybe you have a shot there. But he's even considering 
going back to college to avoid getting drafted by this dumpster fire. They, he's already been told or been saying that he's been advised by people to stay in school. I mean, it's it's brutal right now for the Jets. I have nothing good to say about them. As for the Chiefs, yeah, they're they're definitely the AFC West favorite again. This is such a mismatch. You don't see teams this built differently in the NFL play each other very often. You have a team that's a very complete team in the Chiefs. 35 to 9 was probably them. It was even like a little disinterested, a little lackadaisical on the Chiefs' behalf. Uh, I I mean, I, I, I was a little like surprised to see Le'Veon Bell not to do a little better against his former team. But on the whole, this Kansas City Chiefs team is still without a doubt the Super Bowl favorites in my eyes are the best team in the NFL. This is just a throwaway game, right? Nobody gives a shit about this. No, absolutely not. But Kansas City fans love to see it. Getting a getting a win against a shitty team is still going to feel good. At the end of the day, getting a win in the NFL is hard, and that this is just a really shit confidence confidence building game that's going to snowball into something bigger. Pat Mahomes back with over four hundred yards and five touchdowns. For all those people that are loving Russell Wilson more, Pat Mahomes wants to remind you who the reigning. MVP and Super Bowl MVP of the last couple seasons are. And to keep it in the same division, the Denver Broncos winning at the buzzer against the Los Angeles Chargers. Drew Locke throwing a touchdown basically as time is expiring. But the big story out of here is Justin Herbert, 1-5 as a starter for this Chargers team. And all of his losses have been by one possession. They cannot keep a lead. Wally, what is happening out in Los Angeles? Well, see, we've been seeing this for years now. Not only can they not stay healthy, this team can't win close games. It's just, it feels like a cursed franchise that, to be honest, right now, I don't see this year turning around at all. They'd have to go on a little bit of a run. The AFC is way too competitive. They do have a Raiders team this weekend that they are favored to win against. So we'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they can do it. But yeah, this is now the fourth time this year. We are halfway through the season. The fourth time this year. The Chargers have lost a game when they have led by 16 or more points. To channel Ron Burgundy here a little bit. Actually, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. That, that Genuinely, that is remarkable. I, I We talk about the Falcons blowing leads all the time. For some reason, the Chargers seem to get a pass. I don't know if it's because they're the West Coast. Like, West Coast teams, it's 4 o'clock. A lot of teams already have had their games play, so people don't pay as much attention to but, man, I don't know. There's so much talent on that Chargers team, and for them to just consistently not put it together, it makes you wonder. But without a doubt, Justin Herbert's the real deal. He looks awesome yet again. Drew Locke, yeah, he had a decent game. I'm still not very high on him personally. Him dancing after the game, beating the freaking Chargers by one point at home. I don't give a shit. That's fine. I don't think either one of these teams make a threat uh, for anything this year. Boring game. I'm ready to move on. Well, you know, we're moving on to your favorite city, arguably your your favorite team in the NFL. The Eagles fly right past the Cowboys. Big surprise. Cowboys have their third string quarterback in. I don't even know who the hell this dude is. I, do you even know where he went to college, Wally? Regardless. Hit. This is the guy right here. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman took this guy's job. Are you serious? Swear. My he goodness. He took Ben Nucci's job. <laughs> well, this game was an absolute snooze fest. Somehow the Cowboys led the Eagles at halftime. Then the Eagles went on in Eagles fashion to score very sloppily in the second half. 16 unanswered to take the win. Yada, yada, yada. Wally, what do you have to say about this absolute dumpster fire of an NFC East game? Uh, well, first of all, this is the worst division that we've seen in our lifetime or lifetimes. I, I can't really remember one being close. Yeah, the NFC West. What was it? It was the Marshawn Lynch uh, earthquake game. They were 7-9. That was a really bad division, but it was different. It was a competitively bad division. This division just sucks top to bottom. It's miserable to watch these two teams play right now. And honestly, Philadelphia got bailed out. Ben DiNucci was taking the Dallas Cowboys down the field with about five minutes left. Looked like Philly might have jumped off sides on the sack fumble return for a touchdown that ruined a lot of betters nights because, first of all, he was down. Uh, the, the Eagles would have had the ball. I'm not taking away. They they should they should have won. Assuming the offsides wasn't offsides, but man, that's bad for betters. But yeah, this d- division is a dumpster fire. And sadly, I feel like this win all but clinched it for the Philadelphia Eagles. It, you might see it take two more months for another uh, team in this division to get close to four wins, which would 
<laughs> surpass them right now with that stupid tie they have. You better watch out for the Washington football team. They're coming. I know I sent that video of a newly voted team captain, your boy, Scary Terry from OSU. So that's gonna be uh that's gonna be interesting little battle. Literally said no one outside of the NFC East. Fuck you guys. I don't even know why you even pick a football team in that region. Let's move on. I don't care. Hair of the dog is officially over. I'm starting to feel it. Let's get into the big boy drinks here, Wally. And we're gonna head down to Miami. For Tua Tungavaloa getting his first NFL start against the Los Angeles Rams and that number one rated defense. Hell of a first start. They come out with a victory there. Not not the most prettiest, but the most complete game possibly on Sunday. This Dolphins team started 0-2. They are 4-1 since then. Is this Dolphins team sneakily going to pop up here in the wild card? Maybe if the Bills continue to keep slipping and having these games, are they going to come out of that? How do you feel about the Rams? They've lost two of their last three. They have a hell of a schedule coming up here. First of all, for the Dolphins, maybe it's me being disrespectful. I don't really fear them uh, as a team to potentially make the postseason personally. That a large part, you got to see in this game. This wasn't a game that the Dolphins won. This is a game that the Los Angeles Rams gave away. This is a Rams team that had more than three times the total yards on Sunday, 471 to 145. The Tua debut, yeah, he won. That's awesome. At the end of the day, that's what matters. He won 12 of 22, 93 yards in a touchdown. He didn't exactly wow anybody in his first start. This entire division beyond Buffalo, they don't really harbor a, what, risk to lose against any team in, in, in really the NFL. Nobody's scared of – the New England Patriots right now. No one's afraid of the New York Jets. Honestly, no one ever would have been afraid of the Jets. The Dolphins, they, they don't strike fear in the hearts of anybody either. So this is a division. This is a team that I'm not worried about. This is a year still. You get to a tag of Aloha, a little time to develop, a little time to play competitive games, games that matter. So maybe we'll we'll reset here in a few weeks. Tua looks a little better. The offense looks a little better. You can't be playing in the NFL, though, and getting 145 yards and winning football games. As for the Rams, makes us feel a little bit more like we knew what we were talking about, being a little lower. At least I was a little lower on them at the start of the year. They're starting to struggle a little bit. So be it. They're two and three on the road. So they are only going to have three more road games left uh, in the second half of their year. That benefits them. That helps a little bit. And at five and three, you know, you're right in the thick of things. You have a chance to still be a player in the NFC West. Will they do it? No, absolutely not. That is a division for the Seahawks. Maybe you will disagree with me, but honestly, this is just one of those games. You look down at the box score, you look down at the team stats, and you're just like, this game was stupid. I mean, the Dolphins had eight first downs, Steven. Yeah, but like I said, they had a very, very complete game. You had a you had a defensive touchdown, you had a special teams touchdown. Yeah. Tua didn't amaze Tua had a touchdown as well. So you had a touchdown from all three aspects of the game. But best thing, facing a number one defense, maybe not at the time, top two or three, he didn't turn the ball over. And that's a hell of a defense not to turn the ball over. But but Aaron Donald definitely, definitely welcomed him in the NF, to the NFL uh, a couple times on Sunday. The Steelers, the Steelers, Steelers are welcoming the favorites for the AFC North all of a sudden, at least the odds, potentially the AFC in general. The Steelers are looking hot, still the – only undefeated team left in the in the NFL. Down 17-7 against the Ravens. Just go on a tear. But you want to talk about looking at stats, Wally. The Ravens outgained the Pittsburgh Steelers 457 to 221 yards. Yet the Steelers come, get the win 28-24 with a huge third quarter. And man, oh man, this Steelers team is looking real. Are they the clear favorites of this a- AFC North? And are they the only team? That could potentially knock the Chiefs off for making a back-to-back Super Bowl runs? I think it's without question, yes. I, I mean, I've been obviously very high on the Steelers the last few weeks. I don't care what stats say. This is the best defensive team in football. Yeah, they gave a 457 yards against a very, very talented offense, uh, an offense that people could not stop last year in the Baltimore Ravens. But what did they do? They also forced four turnovers. They had, a def- they had two uh, defensive scores on Sunday. So... I mean, they, they very similar 
to the Dolphins just finding a way to win. Yeah, they got heavily outgained on offense. And I think for the Steelers, if there's one thing that you're nervous about at this point is it looks like Big Ben, similar to Drew Brees, similar to Phillip Rivers, all these guys are starting to show their age a little bit. Their arms aren't what they used to be. I'm not going to panic on them, though. You have guys that intelligent with a defense that good. You keep a football IQ. You can beat anybody in the NFL, maybe not the Chiefs, but you can beat anybody else in the NFL the way they're playing. The Chiefs are going to be the, the only team I, I can feasibly see putting up a fight against this defense without being uh, susceptible to turn it over several times, take too many sacks. I don't know, man. I don't know about this uh, Ravens team right now. They Again, a big game, and what do they do? They find a way to lose. Their offense disappears. I They're going to clearly be the five seed to me. But that's that's not going to do much for them. I mean, they're going to have to probably go through both through Pittsburgh and KC to make it to the Super Bowl, and I just simply don't see it, man. I don't know that defense. Defense, I got a running game. They have a just a plethora of wide receivers that they can just choose from. It's just pick and go. You got Ju- you got Juju, you got Johnson, you got Chase Claypool. You can literally pick and choose, and someone can have a two touchdown game at any point and just absolutely take over. Next thing you know, you forget about the other wide receivers, or you forget about James Conner. What do you, if you forget about James Conner, what are you worried about? Three yards of carry? Miss Captain uh, get tackled on first and ten for second and seven? That That's all that guy is. I'm so tired of James Conner. How is Anthony McFarlane not getting any touches? I, I, I am, I'm feel insane that James Conner is on this team still. I just, Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Anyways, was exciting on the other side to finally see Baltimore use J.K. Dobbins effectively. 15 rushes, about damn time. He's not getting freaking carries stolen by the ghost of Mark Ingram. I'm done. I'm done with that. They two very good teams. I feel like would you agree these are the best two teams in the AFC beyond KC? Because obviously Tennessee, big red flags coming out of them right now. Yeah, these obviously are the two best teams coming out of the AFC outside of Kansas City, but the Ravens haven't really done anything too crazy this year. You know, you go from an historic season to they're they're very quietly not, you know, producing the same numbers that they are. No one's really talking about it. Now everyone's going back on Lamar's fundamentals, and now they're comparing him to a, a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray, where those two can throw the ball at any given point. Lamar does, is everyone's starting to harp on his accuracy issues, and it's starting to show this year. I mean, he's having a, he's had turnovers. He had two turnovers in this Pittsburgh game. Granted. That Pittsburgh Steelers defense are a bunch of ball hawks when they are out there. Well, I was—I mean, the only thing I can say is that Baltimore's only two losses are to KC and Pittsburgh. Go figure. They're a combined what fourteen and one right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. So I mean, yeah, their their stats aren't as sexy this year, but man, I—I I mean, I don't know what else we can ask for them right now except win the freaking big game. That's win- Lamar. Yeah. Lamar Jackson cannot win the big game right now. Until he does, then I have Pittsburgh over Baltimore going head-to-head in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game right now. Well, then speaking of big games, let's just focus on Tampa Bay and Tom Brady going up to New York in what was clearly not a big game. Uh, The Giants are 1-7 now. The crazy thing was is that if the Giants won this game, if they found a way to win this game, you're a game and a half out. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, maybe maybe we can still salvage something. There's times where Daniel Jones does look like a decent NFL quarterback when he's using his legs. It's crazy to think that Daniel Jones, because he's white, basically, but we, we never expected <laughs> a guy like Daniel Jones to be mobile. I look at Daniel Jones. I'm not thinking, wow, that guy can make somebody miss. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to get, what, two, four, or two, three steps in the back in the pocket and then not know what to do with his feet. So good for them for at that least. Sounds like a quarterback New York used to have. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I just thought they replaced Eli with new Eli. That's basically basically what I saw. No, it's, I was, cool. it's cool. He went to Duke. Real smart kid. Yeah, exactly. He went to Duke. He's. He, I just literally it, it all clicks together where he's supposed to be a slow pocket passer, and obviously he's much more than that. But. uh Unfortunately, they weren't able to uh, get the two-point conversion to push this game into overtime. Buccaneers win 25-23. Tom Brady 28-40. of 
Stephen, what did you? What were your takeaways from this game? Is this just a a game for the Bucks that they're looking ahead? Uh, because I mean, it's hard to get up for a New York team this year, man. Well, the thing that sticks out to me the most is that Leonard Fournette had 15 carries, only 52 yards. I mean, it's three and a half average. But Ronald Jones only had seven for 23 when Ronald Jones was clearly the lead back in that. So I'm kind of lost at where this offense has transitioned to all of a sudden where Leonard Fournette's the, the main back. Yeah, Tom Brady, 279 with two touchdowns, not looking too bad. Daniel Jones um, almost matched him with 256, two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. Clearly a young guy still learning in this league, and it's penalties. It's penalties. It's penalties. You know, one of the penalties cost them um, the field position, the field position late in the game. And they just, they had double the penalties that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had. And it clearly cost them because it was for 73 yards where Tampa Bay had three for 20. That's just a well-tuned machine in Tampa Bay. And New York can learn a thing or two. Other than that, New York has some promise. I think Daniel Jones is still that quarterback. Just give him some time. Let him, let him just work through the progressions. Next year is that third-year leap that you're expecting him to make. You know, get Saquon back healthy and hopefully sign him. We'll see how that goes. But for right now, Tampa Bay is just on a roll. They can't seem to be stopped. They have the number one rated defense in the league now. They're adding Antonio Brown this week. We're going to get to that, obviously, in our gambling portion. But this Tampa Bay team is looking scarier and scarier each week. From the team that's rolling to a team that's getting back on track, the Seattle Seahawks get back on track and get to San Francisco 49ers behind Russell Wilson's 260 yards and four touchdowns. But DK Metcalf, an absolute monster, 12 receptions for a buck 61 and two touchdowns to go with it. But on top of that, the story coming out of this, the San Francisco Niners basically seem like that season's done. George Kittle, broken foot, basically out for the rest of the year. Jimmy G. Basically going to be out for the year. Re-aggravated that high ankle sprain. And they could potentially be shutting him down. So the Seahawks are looking just as dangerous as as they typically do. And the Niners are done. Who's going to take advantage the most of San Francisco being out of this division race? Is it going to be the Rams or is it going to be the Cardinals? Because we all know the Seahawks are the Seahawks. Yeah, I think without a doubt right now, Arizona is the the team most in play to challenge Seattle. This was a game that the 49ers had to have. And with Jimmy G going down for the year with that high ankle sprain, re-aggravation, uh, I, I think they're done. You're right. And, I mean, the Rams can definitely make the most of this too. But for me, I think that they are more of a wild card as we alluded to earlier. But, I, I mean, first of all, this game wasn't nearly as close as the score looks, too. It's one of those you look at the end of the day if you miss a game, you're like, oh, it's a 10-point game. That's nothing crazy. It was 30-7 to in the fourth quarter. This is a very, very, very dangerous Seahawks team if they get any kind of defense at all. Uh, and right now, I mean, DK Metcalf, you already talked about it, but the guy's becoming in that first breath of wide receivers, you say, in the NFL right now. The guy's unbelievable. Like you said, 12 catches. He had 15 targets. He had 15 of the 36 targets in this game. DK Metcalf is a problem. Yes, a he is. A problem. Yeah, and, d- and don't remind me because my Green Bay Packers passed on him not once but twice, but twice in that draft. So it's absolutely heartbreaking because I was calling for that man. Talk about a risk that is paying off because they they Seattle ended up getting him in the third round. But he's going to have a big payday. He's going to have oh, a big gosh, payday. Yeah. Talk about paying someone cheap and it just absolutely not working out, but it doesn't matter. It's only a million dollars. Cam Newton and that New England Patriots team losing yet again, dropping to 2-5 and five on the season, 0-3 inside the division. Cam Newton, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, nine rushes for 54 yards. Touchdown there, but a crucial fumble on the last drive of the game to potentially either tie the game or win it. And Cam Newton fumbles the ball again. He's been continually saying in his press conferences how he needs to hold on to that ball, not cause the turnovers. And on the side for Buffalo, it's not like they put up an amazing game offensively. Josh Allen only with 154 yards and attempting 18 passes with an interception. They just got it done on the ground. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss combining for 187 yards on 28 carries and two touchdowns. 
coming from Moss himself, as well as Josh Allen adding a rushing touchdown of his own on there. So they haven't been able to get it done in the air or really offensively here the past three weeks, but that defense is showing strong here. Buffalo is obviously the clear favorite in that division, even though we were kind of hyping up Miami, but what the hell is going on in New England? And can we all hop off the Cam Newton hype train finally? Yeah, this was a must-have uh, game for the involved in the playoff picture period let alone in AFC East the I mean it would have made it a two what two game lead you get the Bills again but credit to the Bills it seems like they're finally getting over that mountain of the Patriots and yeah their offense has been lackluster honestly since their really hot start the teams apparently have started figuring them out but credit to them like you said they had a big rushing game that it led the way every Everybody was dealing with weather, especially in the Midwest and the Northeast this week. Ton of wind out there. So I'm going to give them a little bit more of a pass on throwing it this week. 38 rushes, 190 yards for the team overall, three touchdowns. That's going to get it done. And honestly, yeah, it's time for uh, – if I'm a Patriots fan, if I'm Bill Belichick, gee, I mean, I don't want to win any more games. Go get your quarterback. Reset next year. You're going to have people coming back from sitting out from COVID. It really is going to feel like a brand new team in 2021. Man, people were all about getting Cam Newton that long-term deal, like two or three games in. I was like, okay, well, it's 16 games. Let's talk Let's talk here around week 9, week 10, week 11, and look at where we're at now. But, yeah, Buffalo, they've been, they've been, on, they've been on the downslope here um, as of recent here the past few weeks. Seattle, Arizona, Chargers, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. So, you know, three out of those next five are some pretty damn good games. You can't even sleep on the Chargers. If only they could finish a game. <laughs> no kidding. Know. <laughs> but the moment you've been waiting for, not everyone who's listening, mostly Walter F. Lukashensky, the Raiders stealing a win here, well, a couple hours north here in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield only 122 yards passing, 12 of 25. Just an absolutely gritty win by the Raiders. Talk about horrible weather. You guys got the worst of it there at First Energy Stadium. Wally, I'm just going to toss it to you now, but I won't take up any more of your airtime. What do you think about this Raiders-Brownies game? See, you mentioned how terrible the weather is, and you're absolutely right. This was brutal. You got to see a lot of the 1980 Red Right 88 highlight throwbacks they kept going back to this week. 40-mile-an-hour wind, sleet, rain, hail, all of it. It was miserable. No one was happy. I was originally planning on going. Very happy that fell through. But, yeah, both of these quarterbacks, Derek Carr, 111 yards. Baker Mayfield, 122 yards. And the crazy thing was is people that watched the game, those guys played well. In the conditions they had, a couple really nice balls downfield. Really weird game. Henry Ruggs had what should have been a touchdown, but he didn't drag his feet. Rookie mistake. Then you have Jarvis Landry dropping a bomb touchdown pass. That was brutal in the, in a game like this where every point is a premium. Then ironically enough, Hunter Renfro had caught a touchdown that looked at least to, to the naked eye that it looked like he trapped the ball, but he never overturned it because they didn't have a, a good camera angle. I don't know how in 2020 we don't have camera angles everywhere, it feels like, in the football. If there's anything, any kind of question now, I should be able to go back and get video. I do not understand how we don't, but that's fine. Figure it out, NFL. Figure it out. But yeah, it, it, the Raiders and Browns, this is a uh, this is a big game for the wild card because the Raiders are going to have that tiebreaker now going the, the rest of the way. Little bit of a, a break finally in the schedule here. Tough game coming up against the uh, Chargers. We'll see how they do. But yeah, overall, I mean, I'm not going to take too much away from this game either way. One of those where weather just completely neutralizes everything. I mean, these two defenses, not, nothing to be excited about. I remember last week talking about the over being a lock. I didn't consider the fact them playing in an ice tornado. And that's on me. That's on me. Hand up. Hand up. But yeah, don't take anything away from this game. Uh, defenses aren't as good as the score and stat line indicated. And the offenses, just brutal. I mean, this was a game at one point. The Raiders had 26 more plays in the fourth quarter and dominated time of possession. They won this game in the trenches. Good for them. And hopefully Trent Brown uh, gets back soon because apparently something's going on out, and out in the AFC West where team doctors are just trying to kill their own guys. <laughs> 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 I 
I couldn't get over that. I seriously could not get over that. I mean, you, how does that happen? You, you, you put yeah, an air you, bubble. How does that happen? Wait, that happened to Trent Brown. I don't even know that. Oh my gosh! You didn't get to see. Yeah, you can make fun of me here in a second. So basically, what happened was before the game, they were giving him an IV, and on oh accident, they gave they put there was an air bubble that went into him. It could have killed him. Like they they literally he felt terrible. They had to like wheel him out and said he stayed overnight in Cleveland at the hospital because they had to make sure he didn't stroke out or anything. It's unbelievable. AFC West doing it again. So I digress. I digress on Trent Brown. They that's a crazy situation overall. But on the whole, I'm thrilled. My team won. I had a great Sunday. So it's only perfectly fitting to ask you, Stephen, who I would imagine had almost the exact opposite weekend, losing at home to your rival, the Minnesota Vikings, as a touchdown favorite. What in the hell happened? Dalvin Cook happened. That man was cooking up, and boy, oh, boy, we had no answer for him. The Vikings, bottom of the division, possibly bottom of the conference, are at one and five. They're right down, they're right down there, or one and six. They are right down there. With the New York Giants and the, and those scum, but Dalvin Cook, they were feeding him thirty carries for one hundred and sixty three yards, three touchdowns, and then adding two receptions for sixty three yards and a touchdown. We just had absolutely no answer for him. Still no Aaron Jones in the lineup. It's sketchy. Kirk Cousins only throwing fourteen passes, completing eleven for one hundred and sixty and a touchdown. Aaron having an okay game, a little bit less than three hundred and three touchdowns. But this is all I have to say about the team that I that I cheer for that rips my fucking heart out every single year. They are just a worse version of themselves from last year. This is an eerily similar team. This Vikings team represents what the Eagles were almost at the same exact time of the season last year. And then the Eagles started getting it rolling. I mean, this Packers team cannot stop the run. And I don't know how much clearer games like this need to be. Couldn't do it against San Francisco twice last year. Couldn't do it against the Eagles last year. The Chargers absolutely demolished the Packers last year in their running game. Tampa Bay did it this year. And in the first week, Dalvin Cook underperformed. This Packers team cannot stop the run. All they did this offseason was let their leading tackler of the past four years walk away for a very cheap price tag. Got injury-ridden Christian Kirksey. Barely drafted anything. Don't have any weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we have Devontae Adams, and it's very clear that Green Bay is going to continually feed them and feed him. But once he's not getting the ball, who else is? Clearly no one else. And if all your offense is doing is feeding Devontae Adams, 27 27 completions for Aaron Rodgers. Seven of those went to Devontae Adams. Four other receptions went to four different receivers. Other than that, tight ends and running backs. It is so clear that Green Bay needs another playmaker on offense. And for them not trading for Will Fuller at the deadline, I would have liked to see Will Fuller in Green Bay. Granted, there is a lot of injury history there, but for Green Bay not to make a move at the trade deadline, it's going to be it's going to be huge. Green Bay is not going to do shit yet again this year. Unless Green Bay somehow gets really shitty games in the playoffs and plays against Seattle, two teams that have shitty defenses, that's the only way I see Green Bay going to the Super Bowl and then getting embarrassed by someone. Other than that, don't be high on Green Bay anymore. I think that they can squeak out the NFC North. Other than that, they're here to rip your hearts out and take money away from you in the playoffs. That's all I have to say about the Packers. I can't be high on them, but we'll keep it in the division. The Chicago Bears take a fat L, which I always like. What's up, Adam Alfonso? Right when Green Bay takes an L, you guys take an L. Stay a game back. That must fucking hurt. But the Saints barely... Squeaking out against Chicago. Needed overtime. 26-23. Drew Brees, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Literally feels like a stat line every week. But Alvin Kamara, 21 touches, 163 total scrimmage yards. And flaccid foals. Oh, man. That man loves turning it over. Two touchdowns with only 272 yards. Wally, this game. It was a gritty game by the Bears. I had the Bears plus four on this. 
It was great on it. I love it. Thank you, Chicago, for at least winning me money on that end. What team does this game say more about? The Saints or the Bears? Man, I don't know. This was such a weird game, even going into it. It was the one last week when we were going through the Lions. We're like, this just stay away. And the Bears, it's it's a tale as old as time. They don't have a quarterback. Their defense is very good. I would be so frustrated as a Chicago Bears fan. I like, dude, where do you come back from this? You sign guys, you gamble on guys. Like, you can go back, what, Jay Cutler. Then before that even, you draft high, Kyle Orton. Before that, Rex Grossman. It feels like every experiment they try fails. And I don't know the way out. I don't know what's going to change for them. So for me, in this game, if there was any doubt about the ineptitude of the Chicago Bears offense, this game – that told me all I needed to know. Yeah, Breeze is a little old. He's washed. It's kind of like we were talking about with Big Ben, where it's his best days are way in the rear view. But he's more than good enough. He's more than smart enough to lead a team that has a solid defense and has solid pieces around to go on a run. Just a miserable game for the Bears. And to be honest, this is where the collapse starts. We talked about it last week. I, I don't think the Bears make the playoffs, even after that hot start. And – Eight games left. Five of the last eight games are in the division. So that is going to completely control their fate. They can either be a playoff team and potentially win that division or completely spiral down into the abyss of football hell. And we all make fun of, you know, Adam Alfonso and all the other Bears fans um, that listen to the show. But that wraps us up. On the Week 8 recap, let's move on forward to the bets for Week 9. What the hell's going on out here? And Wally, I believe you have FanDuel up while I have my sports book up. I have a bookie. It's legalized in Pennsylvania where Wally is located, so he's able to look that up. I think it'd be the best of both worlds just to see what the spread's looking like. So, Walter, please take it away. Well, we'll start right away with tomorrow's game. Your Green Bay Packers go to their house of horrors of San Francisco to play the 49ers. And <laughs> I hate you. You're a prick. I had to. I had to do it because it's true. Like if I'm, I'm not even a Packers fan. And here, this is how my, you know, how sports brains work. Where I just go on, like basically recency bias and what my brain goes. The Packers are six point favorites. They are the better team. There is absolutely no reason why the Packers shouldn't cover and win this game. I'm picking the 49ers to win outright. I don't have any reason for this other than I think Nick Mullins is going to be halfway decent. And I don't know. It feels like something about that place that just makes Green Bay – they just aren't themselves out there. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think that most throughout the year, after a big loss, he's he's responded pretty well. And I think that you're going to see that. The question is, can the Packers respond really well? And I, I'm sorry, man. I I don't know what it is. I, I'm picking the upset. I don't know what it is either. It's so hard to pick for my team. And just seeing them down like this, San Francisco will still have a running game that Green Bay can't stop. And that defense still is not doing too bad. That's still a very good defense. I know that they lost Bosa. Solomon Thomas, but that is still a solid defense. And they just sent Quan Alexander out. But to see him on a short week, offensively, they are not full go. I'd be a little bit more nervous if Kittle would be in the lineup. Uh, but, man, this one this one is so hard for me. I'm going to go with just Packers' money line. I don't even think that they can cover the spread on this one. That's how I'm, – I'm not even trusting that. So that money line is set at 275 in my book. Yeah, no, that's exactly here as well, minus 275. And – to be honest, yeah, if I was going to take the Packers, it would be money line. So I actually really like that, Steven. Hopefully you guys get it done. I am rooting for you, but my money's on the 49ers. Just saying. But we'll, we'll, we'll transfer over now to the Baltimore Ravens facing off against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts at home, two-and-a-half-point dogs. It's a weird line. It's a weird line where I feel like people are overreacting to last week with Baltimore. And I don't see any reason why the Ravens won't win this game and win by at least a touchdown. I I don't know. Do you have a different feeling about it? 
This one's a weird game to me too. It's that weird that weird time of year where teams shouldn't be winning the games that they should be. But you know what? I'm gonna take the Colts plus two on this. This is this is going to be a very very interesting and fun game to watch. Both these teams have great front sevens defensively. They're gonna be so much fun to watch, especially that Baltimore front seven against the offensive line of the Indianapolis Colts. That's gonna be very fun to watch. But I got the Colts plus two. Like I said, the Colts front seven is going to be able to stop that run. And that passing defense is still highly ranked. I know that we were kind of were mostly mostly I was dogging them about who who they really played, but you know they still they still have a top five, top six passing defense. So I'm going to be very interested to see how that's going to go. I'm going to take the Colts plus two on this as a surprise. I'm sorry. Wow. No, you're good. Yeah. So, obviously, we were very different there. Uh, it, it's just a weird game. Steven said it well. Who knows? Ride with one of us. <laughs> 50-50 shot at that point. But then the Panthers go to Kansas City, face the Chiefs. Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. Here's a, The interesting thing about this game for me is that you have the possibility that McCaffrey is coming back. And unless, unless anything changes, if he does come back, I think I would – I know this is something I haven't done, I think, all year yet. I think I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. I think the Chiefs still win, but it's the first time this year. I I don't know. It feels kind of like this feels like a trap game for Kansas City. I don't think they'll lose this game, but I think this is a game that's going to end up being much closer than people think it is, especially if CMC's back. But, yeah, I, I think I'd have the Chiefs winning somewhere in a neighborhood of 7 to 10 points in this one. Yeah, and the, and the half point is going to save – Save our ass. I agree. I'm I'm with you on the Panthers at plus ten, uh, only plus ten and a half. Excuse me. Only if CMC is back, he's a complete game changer. The way that they can have um, CMC, Mike Davis, as well as Curtis Samuel all playing in that double running back backfield that they have of of all the motions, all the sweeping motions that they do. That's going to be a dangerous offense. That I don't know if Kansas City would would be ready to stop. But that's all if CMC is back. So I'm going to take plus 10.5 for the time being. So if you're listening to this, if CMC is not getting the start, I'd, I'd ride on the Kansas City uh, on the Kansas City spread. But Carolina plus 10.5, I'll agree with you, Walter. The Bears go to Tennessee to face the Tennessee Titans. Titans are 6.5-point favorites. They are kind of unraveling here the last few weeks. They've looked terrible. Last week, they couldn't stop Joey Burrow or the Bengals' offense whatsoever. Lose in a game, amazing to say, it wasn't as close as the scoreboard said. The Bengals outclassed them. And weirdly enough, Tennessee, they have an identity. They know that they run the ball. And they got away from that last week when they fell behind early. Derrick Henry had 18 rushes for like 120 yards. No business to stop. But they did. I think you're going to see it change a little this week. I think the Titans get back to do what they do. But this is just such a Bears line where it feels like the Bears are going to find a way to make this a close game and lose like 24 to 20. It just has that scream all over it. But I do think they cover, but I have the Titans win it. Yeah, this game is really tricky too. Coming back home after going up to Cincinnati and taking the fat L against a very young Bengals team. But this, yeah, that we're, I'm talking about, I'm talking about front sevens. The Chicago's Chicago's bear defense does not have a bad front seven as well. And that Tennessee Titans off, or excuse me, that Tennessee Titans defense really isn't as good, you know, as I was anticipating coming off of last year. But I'm expecting Jadavion Clowney to feast on that Chicago Bears offensive line. It is absolutely horrendous watching them. Well, for me, it's absolutely hilarious watching that offensive line trying to quote unquote block. So I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to take Tennessee minus six on this. Do you think, though? I guess my question there is. They obviously played against what is effectively a backup offense in Cincinnati this last week. Do you think it's kind of like one of those that go home, Vrabel gets in their face, and then they tear up another bad offensive line this time and regroup a little bit? Vrabel's just let go about two or three defensive starters, one of those being Vic Vic Beasley. So that is one way to get your players' attention. That is going to be a crisp practice this week, especially coming off of a loss against that Bengals team. I'm expecting Tennessee to have a fire lit under their ass a little bit and Chicago to continue to keep going down this this rabbit hole of offensive mediocrity. 
All right. Yeah, you know what? I respect it. I was that's your division. I'm gonna take your word for it better than anyone else's. But we'll go then in my division, you got the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke. He's probably still dancing from winning on Sunday, going to Atlanta to have the Falcons, who are three and a half point favorites. I don't know if the hate in me is talking about this, if, if that's what's doing it. I think the Falcons are figuring something out. I think they're they're starting to click a little bit. They have too much talent there to be this bad and this painful to watch. I think they beat the Broncos, and I think they cover at home. Absolutely. I agree. Atlanta always loses the games that don't really matter. This is right in that realm. They've lost en- they've lost enough games where yeah, you can be you can pull off seven to nine and eight and eight and be okay. Yeah, at home against a Denver Broncos team that just had a very nice game coming off a huge game against the Chargers. <laughs> but that Atlanta defense is so so ugly. I'm staying away from the spread. You know I'm gonna have to go with the Atlanta over. I feel like the Atlanta over did it hit last week, and it's due for one this week. I like that. I actually really like that at 52. That, that 50 as well, I should say. But, yeah, so I like that, Steven. And, and then let's go uh, to a, a couple – I don't know how to, I don't know how to word this nicely, but Houston and Jacksonville are basically dumpster fires. This is almost guaranteed to be in the hair of the dog segment next week. Just disgusting game going into it. But the Texans are seven-point favorites on the road. Right now, Tell it for what it's worth, money is coming in hot on Jacksonville at plus seven. It's minus 130 on my book right now. I I really, really want to take the Jaguars plus seven. It just feels like such a trap. But I'll ride. But after yesterday with the trade deadline, Will Fuller not getting moved. He's sending out tweets. Things look bad. I think there's a little bit of just – there's something – there's a stink around this Texans team right now. The culture feels sick. No one's happy. Everyone's miserable. No one wants to be playing football. And I think that shows up. And I think I'm, I think the Jaguars are going to cover the plus seven and lose a nail-biter. Yeah, that organization is just up in flames right now. I feel very bad for Deshaun Watson. He just signs that big contract, and everything is just going up into flames. But I'm going to ride with my guy. I got him in fantasy. I need him to have a big game here. I'm going to go with Houston getting a big offensive explosion here um, this week from Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with one rushing touchdown, two passing touchdowns. He's going to have a big game against a Jacksonville team. That's just come on. It's Jacksonville at the end of the day. Did you even think about that, Wally? Houston minus. I, it felt gross. Houston minus six and a half, and Jacksonville keeps getting that love, and the and the spread goes down lower. I'd I'd wait. Yeah, well, yo, and that's the thing. You're right because with the money coming in, it's only a matter of time before you see that at six or six and a half. So if that's what you're waiting for, oh, I wait. Got, I yeah, got that's six and a half. See, minus seven, but like that's what I'm saying. Like we have over here, like clearly money's coming in on Jacksonville because it's minus one thirty opposed to. Houston is plus 106 at minus seven, which take that for what it's worth. It doesn't mean anything, but, you know, trends are trends. It's important to point out. Speaking of money that's running in early, though, the Giants are plus three on the road at Washington, but the money is minus 128 there. Washington minus three is plus 104. Another one where it feels a little weird. A lot of betters are really hammering the Giants here early. I, did, I, I know that they don't have Dwayne Haskins starting anymore, but I can't get out of my own head of loving this Washington team for no reason whatsoever. And I'm going to take Washington minus three, win, cover. Defense has a big game. I'm going to even, yeah, they, I'm not even going, I'm going to be bold. They get a defensive score. They get a defensive score, and that's what's going to do it here. Something like a 27-17 looking game. I have I have Washington covering this as well. Minus two and a half, a divisional game. That's a field goal at home. I'll take that every single day of the week. You already you should know that about me by now. Um, this Giants team is coming off a very close game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that offense. I'll reiterate this again. Pass rush. Pass rush from the Washington football team is absolutely ridiculous. They're they're a blast to watch, especially against an offensive line like the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is just prone to throwing minimum at least one interception. Just a little side bet on here. I would throw. I would just throw some money on Daniel Jones to throw an interception here as a prop bet as well. I feel like that's that's a lock. It's probably at like minus one seventy at this point, but that's how confident that you should be in there. Um, I got the 
I got the Washington football team minus two and a half here. Kyle Allen leading that team. Your boy, Scary Terry, newly appointed captain, ready to uh, go on a tear against that New York Giants secondary. It's going to be interesting. It absolutely will be interesting. Speaking of interesting games, this is a really fun matchup. I don't feel like these teams ever play each other, but the Seahawks are going to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Hawks are minus three, and it just – it feels like a weird game again, but I think I'm going to not only take the Bills to cover to plus three, I think I'm going to take their money line at plus 138. I trust that this is the game that the Bills offense starts showing signs of life yet again. Seahawks defense has struggled a lot this year. Had a decent game this last week. I think going on the road, going to the East Coast here, it's going to favor the Bills. And I think they're I think they're going to stun some people. They're going to get a win. And who knows? If the Cardinals do what they do, and we'll get to that in a bit, we're going to have a real race on our hands out in the NFC West. I see Buffalo covering the spread as well, Wally. Could not agree with you more. The plus three, Buffalo in Buffalo, fans or no fans, playing there is something else. Seattle's never been a very good travel team. You saw them struggle against a Miami Dolphins team that obviously Buffalo faces very often here. So I'm going to go with Buffalo plus three defensively. I think that's going to be one of Russ's harder harder tests that he's had this year, as well as Josh Allen and that offense are going to be able to to get going against a very, very cheese-filled Seattle defense. Nothing but holes, baby. That's Swiss cheese. So I'm going to go Buffalo plus three. Bills Mafia. See, we'll go from Bills Mafia. We'll go over to Raider Nation. Raider Nation is hosting the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. Oh, Scratch that. What I mean is Vegas is going to their second home in Los Angeles, Stephen. Yeah, that's right. You like that backhanded little compliment to the Raiders there? I I can't help myself. It's what I do. So on my sports book here, I have the Raiders plus one and a half. They are one and a half point dogs technically on the road down there in L.A. Ah, man. This feels like such a trap as a Raiders fan. I'm getting all excited. I'm getting all high and mighty. This pass defense has been so bad. Justin Herbert then, in turn, is tearing everyone up. I think that if Damon Arnett comes back, I'll feel better. I'm getting my hopes up. I'm going to get hurt. This is going to definitely come back to bite me in the ass, but I'm taking the Raiders plus one and a half in money line. See, it's a pick em on my book here, Wally. I got a straight pick em, and I'm going to go with the Chargers on it. You best believe it, bud. And you know what? I'm going to go with the over 52 as well. Justin Herbert's going to light up your defense, and I think Derek Carr can throw up two to three touchdowns as well. Or, you know, give one to my guy, Josh Jacobs. Also got that dude in fantasy. So I think it could be a high scoring. That's just a total AFC West score, like a 28-24, hitting it right the nail on the head. Push it, worst comes to worst. Maybe like a 35, 35-30. <laughs> I feel like that's an NFC West score. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. And the thing is, too, is excluding the weather game this last week, you keep hearing me harp on about it, but the Raiders have only held a team under 30 now twice because of the Browns game. The other one was 24 points. The Raiders' defense sucks. They're just outscoring people right now. The over looks like a good bet there, Steven. Appreciate you. Oh, of course. Now we're going to go to a fun quarterback matchup here. You get to see Tua Tagovailoa in his second start matched up against former number one pick Kyler Murray. The Cardinals are minus three and a half at home right now. To me, I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, I- I've completely pulled a heel turn here. I'm all in on Arizona now after dogging on them for the first month and a half of the season. I think the Cardinals win. I think they cover. To be honest, I don't think this is close. Until I see something from Tua, I think you're going to see a little bit of the the, the, the rookie nerves, the rookie struggle uh, that he's been going through that he's going to continue to go through in a second game here. But, yeah, I think the Cardinals win. This feels like a – I don't know, man. This is a 31-16 kind of game. I think they win big. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about taking this game. That four and a half is interesting. Miami has surprised us. Like I said earlier, they're on that – you know, they've won three of their last four, so they're, they're heating up here a little bit, and they're playing complete, complete football. They're coming off a defensive and special teams touchdown, you know, in their, in their game here last week. It's interesting, but I'm going to go with uh, minus four and a half with Arizona as well. They're, they're starting to heat up in that division, you know, potentially with having Seattle go to Buffalo. 
they have to be ready and they have to know that if Seattle loses, they have to win this game to take the to take the sole lead. So I'm gonna go with Arizona minus four and they're out in the desert. And I ordered a Papadilla, so I'm about to go get it, bitch. So while Steve is up getting his uh Papadilla there, by the way, they're really good. That's a that's a free ad. I should no free ads. I, I I'm better than that. Come on, Wally. Anyways, the Steelers go to Dallas, where you're gonna see plenty of terrible towels waving. At Jerry's World, as 13.5-point favorites, the Cowboys are terrible, man. They're on their fourth quarterback now as Dalton is in COVID uh, quarantine. He's going to be unable to start on Sunday. You're Instead of Ben DiNucci, you're going to see Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush at quarterback against Pittsburgh Steelers. That is, that is not good, man. You don't want one of those guys playing against that Pittsburgh defense right now. I see. I think this is a game for the Steelers to cover. They're up thirteen and a half. I think they're just going to need like twenty-four points because the Cowboys aren't going to score. Where are the points going to come from? So I think the Steelers win. I think they cover. I'm going to. I'm going to say they cover easily. I think this feels like a three-score game. Steven, you're back for it with your Papadia. What, what's going on? What's your pick? Oh, Pittsburgh minus 14. I don't care where the hell they're playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Like you said, they're on their fourth quarterback. They suck. They're fucking garbage. The Steelers defense is going to shut them down and Zeke as well. And 14, I, I would move. I would hell If I can move that up to like 17, I'd be okay with that. I'm right there with you, Steven. That seems like a it, – it seems low, but I think it's the NFL factor. 13 and a half feels like a million points usually, but this Cowboys team is so bad and their defense is so terrible. I think it's a without a doubt uh, that the Steelers win and they win big. Now we're going to go over to what is probably the most important matchup on the slate so far this week. The New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucks Rematch of week one. Tampa Bay fell short the first time around. That's where Michael Thomas got hurt. We haven't seen him since. The Saints are four and a half point dogs this time. I think this is a really weird game. I think that the Saints are going to find a way to win this game again and sweep the season series between these two teams, which, keep in mind, if that does happen, you're looking at a tiebreaker for the rest of the year. So I'm going to go with the Saints plus one half and money line cover. And let's see. I mean, all of a sudden now, I mean, if you go down to the end of the year, I mean, we could have a real tie race. Game that actually matters in week 16 or 17. So who do you have in this divisional matchup here, Steven? You going Saints or are you going with Tom Brady and the Bucks? Tom Brady and the Bucks keep rolling. Michael, Michael Thomas, whatever the hell is happening in that in that Seattle locker room in that front office, they need to deal with that now. He has yet to play, and I'm assume I'm assuming that offense is still going to be rusty. But I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay minus five. I don't like the Saints defense as much as I thought I was going to coming into the year. Tampa Bay, that new weapon, Antonio Brown. I'm expecting them to go off, covering the minus five. And I'm even going to go with the over 51 and a half in this game as well. I really like the over as well there. That's a really good pick, actually. But, yeah, we'll see. I forgot. It's AB's first game back. It's, oh, man, I, form, former uh, Raiders legend Antonio Brown. Be rooting for him. Can't wait. Yeah, big practice guy. Never even played a fucking snap for you. Then going from what is arguably the best Sunday night football game we've had, with the exception of that Chiefs-Ravens game earlier in the year, or best primetime game, I should say, to arguably the worst, the New England Patriots are going to face the New York Jets. Patriots are minus seven. That should tell you how bad this Jets team is because, man, the Patriots feel like they shouldn't be favored against anybody right now, and they're a touchdown road favorite. I think I'm going to go with Bill Belichick to get it done. I don't know if they want to win this game, but I think that it's simply too hard to lose to the Jets to find a way, and I think they cover as well. I don't care. This game's so stupid. You have to bet on it purely to get through it in an enjoyment factor. I I don't know. Say something nice about this game, Steven. I, I don't think I got it in me. I probably think you've said the nicest things about this game that I ever could even think of. I'm going to go with the Patriots minus seven. Cam Newton can bounce back and maybe have 150 passing yards and you know only fumble the ball once. But the New York Jets are so god awful. They're trading away. You know, they had what they said about four or five different people. You know, yesterday during the trade deadline. So Jets are just done. They're tanking for Trevor Lawrence only to find out that he's staying for another year in college and it's Justin Fields that you're getting. So I'm going to go with the Patriots minus seven on here. That's easy. 
Why this game is Monday night and it is not being flexed out is beyond me. I don't even know why we had to save this one for last. That one's a thousand percent going on the hair of the dog. But that brings us to the end of our show and the end of our bets. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Loss of Down. Brought to you by Papa John's Delivery and Papa Diaz. Not official. I know that's I know that we're not, you know, doing free advertisement, but fuck it. It's in it's in my room. It's smelling really good. Got the buffalo chicken, no onions, add bacon. Don't at me. I don't care. I'm not a big yeah, onions guy. Uh, you, you you can't be taking onions out. You can't be add bacon to that, man. You're better than that. No, I'm not. You know I'm not better than that. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. We're going out there. Wally, thank you for joining me once again out in Pittsburgh. You are the man. I try my best, man. And I tell you what, my scream pick of the week this week, because I haven't got it, or I've been 2-0 on my college screams at the end. Go Penn State minus nine and a half. They rebound at Nebraska. And that is your last pick of the night. Thank you for listening, however you are listening. If that's Spotify, if that's Anchor, if that's Apple Podcast. Join us here next week for the recap of week nine and getting on week 10 bets and maybe Tua going 2-0. I don't know. It's a nice ring to it. 